This is the Impact Report. I'm your host, Katie Ullman. The Impact Report brings together students and faculty in Bard College's MBA in Sustainability program with leaders in business, sustainability, finance, social entrepreneurship, and more. These conversations go live the first and third Friday of each month. This week, Bard MBA's Jonathan Pham speaks with Peter Kroll, CEO and Director of Investments at Earth Equity Advisors. Hi, Peter. My name is Jonathan Pham. I'm eager to speak with you because you're a pioneer in the impact investment space and has and have been using your clients' assets to invest socially responsibly for over 16 years. Always forward thinking, you and your team at Earth Equity Advisors recently launched Align Digital, a robo-advisor aiming to offer your services to more investors. And I think that's uh, really important in getting more people into this space. And so it is my pleasure to introduce to you the founder of the four-time Best, Best for the World B-certified Earth Equity Advisors CEO, Peter Kroll. Thank you, uh, thank you for having me uh, on the uh, on the podcast today. I'm I'm real excited to uh, answer any of your questions. Um, sometimes I, I might go off on a tangent, so reel me back in if, if you need to. But uh, um, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Very excited, excited. Um, to start, can you tell us a little bit about Earth Equity Advisors? What sets you apart from and what sets you apart from other impact investing firms? What sets us apart? So we have, uh, like you mentioned in the intro, we have been doing sustainable, responsible. I mean, you know, SRI has gone through all these changes over the you know, 16, almost 17 years now that uh, that I've been in the business. It was socially responsible investing when I started, and now it's moved more into sustainable, responsible, and impact. You know, to, for for the uh, for the SRI acronym, uh, ESG has been thrown into the mix, uh, and so there, there's. There, I, I just wanted to get started out, you know, by saying that there's there, there's a whole lot of different things that don't always mean the same things, and sometimes they mean the same things. Um, we, what sets us apart, I think, more than anything else, is experience because we have been doing it for so long. There are a lot of firms out there that are highly focused on indexing uh, and using, uh, you know, some some of the iShares products or using using products that. Um, will do best in class. We're, we are not in that, in that um, school of thought. We are a lot more hands-on. We are active managers. We want to know what is in every portfolio, every mutual fund that we buy for clients. Uh, uh, we have a, uh, a fund or a portfolio called the Green Sage Sustainability Portfolio, which is an individual stock portfolio that is positively focused. We, instead of asking um, you know, the questions, what don't we want to own? We really get into what do we want to own? What are the companies that are going to take us forward? Um, because as, as my good friend Garvin J. Bush, who's the chief investment officer over at Green Alpha Advisors says, you can't benchmark uh, where we're going with by looking at where we've been. So um, I, th- I think that's probably the biggest thing that sets us apart is we're really opinionated on um, the way we the way we put our investments together that we do focus more on a on a positive bias as opposed to to a passive index uh, strategy, and you know the reality is is that it's paid off for us and certainly for our clients. I think that's very interesting how you can where you said you can't really benchmark with where you've been. 
Um, and I think that's really important for us to kind of think about how we move forward. Can you tell me about why you started as equity advisors and did you sure. start off with a traditional finance background? So my degree is actually in communication. I have, a, I have a bachelor's degree in communication. I worked in retail electronics, sort of at a Best Buy kind of store for several years and worked my way from salesperson all the way up to director of training and store manager at the company over, over a few years. And when that company was uh, about to go under um, because of uh, competition and bad management choices, I happened to be a Merrill Lynch client at the time. So I called my Merrill Lynch guy and said, hey, can I uh, can, can you get me an interview? I was living in Roanoke, Virginia at the time. And he got me an interview and I got the job. And that was in 1998. So that was right before the dot-com boom and bust. So I got to uh, uh, basically have a trial by fire in the, uh, in the financial services business. Uh, Merrill Lynch was a great training organization and I learned a whole lot for the five, six years or so that I was there. Uh, about that time, this would have been 2003, 2004, there were two influences that really um, shaped the direction of, of how I you know, moved my financial services career. Number one is I met my wife, uh, who is uh, Dr. Melissa Booth. She, is, she has a PhD in microbiology and molecular genetics. Um, so I certainly married somebody much smarter than myself, which is usually a good, uh, a good rule to follow. And, um, but we had really in-depth conversations about, about the environment, about sustainability, about social justice. And so that really got me thinking on ways that I could move forward. And at about the same time, uh, I was introduced to, uh, Bill McDonough or William McDonough, who, um, uh, is a, you know, what at the time was a preeminent green architect in the world and also the author of the book Cradle to Cradle. And so I get to spend an afternoon with Bill and you know, just asking the question, you know, what if, what can we do with finance? How can we, how can we shift the paradigm? And not long after that, I hung up my shingle, it would have been in June of 2004, hung up the shingle and broke away from uh, you know, working for somebody else and started at the time it was Crawlin Company, which has evolved into Earth Equity Advisors now. Um, and I've never looked back. It's very inspiring. And, you know, I'm very intrigued by a lot of what you're doing. Can you talk through with us some of the services that you provide at Earth Equity Advisors? You had mentioned the Green Page portfolio. Mm -hmm. We have we basically have three lines of business. So we have got our advisory business, which works specifically with with individual uh, investors, trusts, retirement accounts, um, and uh, you know so that's that that's uh, line number one. Number line number two is we offer investment um, portfolios to other investment advisors who don't want to go through the due diligence, who don't want to manage sustainable portfolios. So they basically outsource that management to us. So we share our portfolios with them for, for a fee, basically. And third, which is our newest uh, line of business, is Align Digital, which is, like you said earlier, a, a robo-advisor, which is has a minimum of only $5,000. Our advisory business, the minimum is $250,000. Uh, so those are our three lines of business. Now, how we invest people's money is basically in one of two ways. 
And usually it's actually a mix of both, especially with advisory clients. But um, we manage five different uh, mutual fund port, mutual fund slash ETF portfolios that uh, are geared towards a particular risk. So we use a software called Riskalyze that helps us to sort of really pinpoint uh, a level of risk within a portfolio. And those are those are constructed again using mutual funds and exchange traded funds. And they hit, uh, you know, global investing. So you've got you've got some domestic stocks, you've got some international. You have, of course, alternative energy. You have some real estate, and you also have some non-correlated um, investments in there. What you might call hedges, um, investments that don't move in the same cycles as the stock and bond markets. Uh, of course, we also have bonds in there. We have Community Reinvestment Act bonds as well as green bonds. Um, to uh, sort of counter some of the volatility as well that's in stocks. So that's one way that we invest clients' money. A second way is we have an individual stock portfolio, like I said earlier, which is the Green Sage Sustainability Portfolio. And it's been around for over eight years now. So it's got a fairly long track record and it's performed exceptionally well over that time. Um, you know, it's, uh, and just to give you an example, well, first, let me say past performance isn't indicative of future results. So just so that way you all, you all know that, um, you know, but last year in a, what theoretically could or should have been a challenging investment year, it returned over 50%, you know, without fossil fuels in it, without uh, all the egregious companies that you might find if you were to buy into an index of some sort. Uh, we focus on things like alternative energy and energy efficiency and battery technologies, and water and green transportation, um, high, uh, you know, high technology, everything from uh, Internet of Things to uh, big data, things that really, when used well, can, can produce efficiencies that we can see in a factory or on a production line and things like that. Um, you know, we've got recycling and, and circular economy. There's uh, biotechnology, which certainly had a, a hell of a year last year, especially with, uh, you know, the Modernas and the BioNTechs and companies like that. Um, and green building technologies, because we all know that, you know, some of our biggest sources of, uh, of CO2 are the inefficient buildings that we live in. And so uh, making sure that we have that covered as well. Uh, and, you know, amongst other things like green finance, insurance, I think is a really important uh, area that can have a positive impact on, on climate by the way they uh, rate risk and how they, you know, how they insure different entities. So uh, those are the, I, I got into the weeds a little bit there, but those are the two ways that we really uh, put portfolios together. Yeah, using, using mutual funds as a more stable investment and then complementing it typically with our Green Sage portfolio or uh, like Green Alpha, which is another investment manager that we use, which uh, actually owns individual stocks. And we do all of that within those three lines of business. Align Digital, which I think is really, um, I'm really excited about because we, we just rolled it out within the last six months here, but it uses the same universe of stocks that our Green Sage fund uses. So our Green Sage, has 50 stocks that I choose that are uh, fantastic in there. Um, on the Align uh, system program platform, um, we provide the system with a list of about 400 different stocks. And then the algorithm asks you several questions. Do you want to have, 
Do, do you want it to be farm friendly? Do you want to uh, exclude pharmaceuticals? Do you want to add extra alternative energy to it? They, you know, every portfolio has alternative energy, but do you want to up that percentage? Or you know, do you want to have pot stocks in there? It asks you all of these kinds of questions and then it builds you a portfolio specifically for you um, from that universe of stocks that we use for GreenSage and then tailored directly to your risk tolerance and to the things that are important to you, the values that are important to you. That's very interesting. And I think it's very cool that you are, you know, now aligning people's preferences to their portfolio. Um, you talked about growth in the short term, and you've been in the field for so long. And I'm curious, how has the field grown since you really, really started? And how do you anticipate the growth to kind of continue in the short term and maybe the long term? Well, it's it's certainly grown since, you know, over the last 16, 17 years to, when it was in the, the billions of dollars to now where, you know, the last uh, report said that we're somewhere around $17 trillion in assets in some form of, uh, of sustainable investing or ESG, et cetera. Um, and it's only going to continue to grow. Now, with growth, well, we'll go back to, we'll go back to 2020. You know, last year was a huge year for sustainable investing. There was a lot of new assets added to it. And I think one of the big factors is that more people were home and they had that chance to actually look, you know, and see what they owned and, and look under the hood at some of their funds or look at some of their statements and say, hey, you know, I'm not sure I necessarily want to be owning ExxonMobil in my account. Um, but the, the, the big investment firms have certainly latched onto it and have, have, have run with it. Um, and that's good from the perspective that it's, you know, we're really expanding, you know, sustainable investing, but it's also bad from the perspective that there's a lot of what we call greenwashing out there. There are a, a ton of uh, new products out there that are, you know, considered low carbon or uh, ESG aware. Um, and it really is a buyer beware, beware um system at this point. You really have to do some due diligence and, and look under the hood to see what's in these. I was in a recent interview where we were talking about greenwashing and one of the companies that we brought up was BlackRock and they have uh, a fund called their ESG aware fund. And, you know, first of all, I'm not sure how you can define ESG aware. It doesn't really mean anything to anybody, but, you know, it's got somewhere north of uh, $13 billion in it. So there's obviously somebody is listening to them. But when you look at the actual holdings that are in there, it has Exxon, it has Chevron. Uh, so it's got fossil fuels, it's got Raytheon, it's got defense contractors. Uh, it has McDonald's, and I find McDonald's in a lot of these ESG environmental social governance funds. And you know, the question I always ask is, in what universe is McDonald's a responsible company? Uh, you know, the uh, you know other companies in there are Dupont, uh, Newmont Mining. Um, it even has a, a Las Vegas Sands, which is a a gambling you know company out in well, Vegas, obviously, and so. You, you really, really have to put the time in and take a look and see, okay, what am I what do I really own when I buy the CSG fund? And this is when our philosophy of actual positive investing and um, putting some human eyes 
on the portfolio versus index investing where all you're relying on is an ESG uh, quantitative measurement can be, it, it becomes a problem because companies can game the system. Let's say for example, I'm Chevron and I want to I, I want to have the best ESG score I possibly can because I want to try to get into the ESG aware portfolio. So I know I'm never going to score high on the environmental side. So what does that leave me? That means social and governance. Well, how do I get those scores up as high as possible? Well, on the social side, maybe you make a few extra charitable donations to to you know across around the world. And on the governance side, maybe you add a a woman or a person of color to the board of directors to improve your governance score. Uh, this is happening. The, the companies have ESG consultants that come in to try to help them raise their scores so they can get into some of these indices. And doing that doesn't make you a better company. It makes you a deceptive company, in my opinion. And so that's why the, the this concept of indexing uh, sustainable investing uh, in my opinion, is not the way to go. You have to have human eyes on it. You can use ESG metrics as tools, but you still have to look at the results and say, does it make sense that McDonald's should really be in this portfolio? And odds are you're probably going to say no. The Impact Report is brought to you by the MBA in Sustainability Program at Bard College. Recently named the number one green MBA and ranked as a top business school for nonprofit leaders by the Princeton Review, the Bard MBA in Sustainability offers a globally leading business curriculum that integrates sustainability vision, real-world consulting engagements, organizational transformation, and entrepreneurial training, equipping graduates to lead a just transition to a sustainable future. The hybrid program meets one weekend per month in New York City and online two evenings per week, allowing students to complete the program from around the U.S. without halting their careers. Bard MBA is accepting applications from aspiring changemakers for fall 2021 enrollment. Learn more at gps.bard.edu. One question I had for you and maybe for investors all around is how do we prevent that in our portfolios? How is it easy for us to go to our advisors and say, hey, this is not actually what I want? It's easy to go to them, but it may not be necessarily easy to get a good answer from them because it does take a lot of time and due diligence to, to uh, go through the portfolios, to go through the funds or the ETFs. The reality is, is you're probably never going to get a an, a an ESG index that is good enough to be in our portfolios, that's for sure. And part of the problem with that has to do with risk management. So if we go back to when I started in this business back around the, the dot-com era, we there was there was less risk management going on with, with, with funds. And so you may have had a uh, a large cap value fund who was not doing well with their performance because those kinds of stocks weren't performing at that time, who uh, was searching for stocks in other areas. So you might see pets.com or some of these other crazy internet high flyers that they were putting in there to try to bolster their performance. And of course, when the market crashed, uh, the era of risk management sort of 
came came into being where you now had really no choice to manage your your fund um, almost exactly like an index. And so there's a term called tracking error, which is the difference between you know what your uh, mix or makeup of the fund is versus what the index is. And so and and you know so long as you know these big index companies um, are using you know tracking error as an indicator, they're never going to have a truly uh, sustainable portfolio because they're always going to have to have some fossil fuels in there because that's what's in the index. They're always going to have to have some mining. They may even have to have tobacco or you know companies like that in there. They're certainly going to you're certainly going to see the Duponts and the Dows of the world as well. And so th there needs to be a change in philosophy, and it needs to break away from you know we must index at all costs to you know let's use some of these ESG metrics as a guide. But let's also use our common sense. Let's also, you know, use a little bit of critical thinking that says, you know, ExxonMobil should never in a million years be in a, in a portfolio that is screened for ESG or for sustainability. I definitely agree. Um, Did I answer your question here. on that, by the way? Because you were asking about, you know, how do you how do you get your uh, advisor or somebody to uh, to change? Uh, the, the the what that ultimately comes down to. Is is simply due diligence. You have to just look up, look, look and see what's under the hood. One of the first things I always look for. So I, I have Morningstar, I, I, an expensive um, uh, subscription to Morningstar. But you can always just go to Yahoo Finance. I believe Google Finance. You can do it as well. Put the symbol in you're looking for, and then just look at the sectors. If you see anything in the energy sector, it's going to have fossil fuels in it because energy. Because for example, solar and wind are not categorized as energy. They're typically categorized as either industrials or utilities. So if you see energy in a fund that you're that you're considering buying, it means you have fossil fuels in it. Thank you for that. Um, kind of going along those lines is how can we as investors of all levels kind of start building an eco-friendly portfolio? <sighs> start with what you want. Take a look at where where do you think we need to go to get to the kind of world that is uh, positive when it comes to climate change, that's positive when it comes to human rights, that um, is providing healthcare, that is providing biotechnology, that is making us a healthier uh, culture, civilization, whatever you want to call it. Um, Start with looking at the things where you where, where we want to go. Don't look at don't don't look over your shoulder. Uh, and and like I said earlier, don't benchmark where you're going with where you've been. Benchmark based on 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 where you think we need to go. I mean, and that's in my in my mind, you know, the list that I gave you earlier of what we put into our, our Green Sage Fund is, is a good place to start. And you can actually find that on our website at EarthEquityAdvisors.com. Uh, under Green Sage, you can see our, our fact sheet and it lists every, all the, the, the priority industries that we put into there. That's usually a good start. Um, you know, we obviously, you know, we'd like to invest local whenever possible, but, you know, that's also rather difficult. Uh, you know, for us, we can only invest in market listed securities. You know, if you're in a locality where you can invest locally uh, in, in 
you know, company that has a, uh, you know, you have an affinity for, you have, you know, shared values with, that's certainly something to, to consider as well. Um, but, but that's, that's where I would start. You know, if you're, if you're not going to be buying individual companies, which I don't think you should be doing until you, you know, amass at least a certain level of, um, of, uh, of assets, say, you know, $25,000, $50,000 or greater, then, then look at funds, look at, um, you know, I, I'm not going to necessarily give recommendations, but one of my favorites is the Green Alpha Next Economy Fund or certainly our aligned digital product, um, which they're both investing positively. They're both investing for a, a better world, or as they say at Green Alpha, for the next economy. Peter, I really want to thank you for your time today. This was a very interesting conversation, and it, it was very helpful for me to like really grasp where I am as, you know, as an investor and as a student. Um, one last question is, what advice do you have for people like me, students like me, who are interested in impact investing to get into the field who may or may not have a background in, in finance or sustainability? Becoming a financial advisor is not the easiest thing in the world. I can tell you that because financial advisory is a sales position. It's not, it's not a, um, a sustainability job. We happen to you know, focus on sustainability because that's where our values are. But at the end of the day, we're still focused on uh, bringing people into the folds. Fold. Um, so I think where I would, where I would start to look is with education. You know, that's probably one of our biggest uh, opportunities as a firm is educating people about the importance of sustainability, the importance of sustainable uh, investing, and you know, responsible and impact investing and getting people to, helping people to understand that, that it really does matter what you own. And, you know, once, you, once, you, once you're good at that, then you can start to break out, you can get into the analytical side of things. You can uh, understand, you know, why we would choose company A over company B, you know, all, you know, all fundamentals aside, all, you know, revenue and price earnings and all that other stuff aside, um, you know, you have to understand you know, why we place limits on things, why we don't necessarily buy into fossil fuels, because it's not just because we're investing with our heart, which obviously that's an important part of it, but there's a much bigger risk there between, you know, from uh, stranded assets to, uh, you know, price of oil, cons you know, consistently going down and those stocks consistently going down over the last decade. Um, but you have to be able to, to understand it, to explain it, to educate people on it, before you want to get into any of the different areas, um, in you know, in in investing, and 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 don't be afraid to break away from the from the paradigm that says we have to we have to index, we have to benchmark, because I think that when it comes down to ESG, ultimately the funds that are going to perform the best are going to be the ones that uh, that aren't playing by those rules, that are breaking away from that paradigm, because we have the flexibility to see where the market is headed a lot more than a, a generalized less bad. You know, we, we talked about Bill McDonough uh, when you asked about some of the, my um, you know, influences, you know, in, in his documentary called The Next uh, Industrial Revolution, there's a quote in here where he's in there where he says, you know, being less bad is still bad. And 
you know, let's try to break away from that and actually just try to be good and invest positively. So I, I hope that that answers a little bit about what you're asking. Again, this is this is not an easy business to break into. I will say that plain and simple, especially from the advisory side when you're dealing with individual clients and and uh, you know foundations and trusts where you have to have to win the business. It's very rewarding though once you've done that. So Peter, really thank you for this. I'm excited to you know start breaking rules and become less not bad and just be good in general. Excellent. I'm glad I could be of assistance and, uh, you know, best of luck in your future and uh, any any resources, uh, any kind of resource that I can be in the future, please, uh, please come see me. We appreciate our loyal Impact Report listeners and hope you can help us spread the word about the series and the important sustainability work of our guests. Please rate and review the Impact Report wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you were inspired by this conversation, share a screenshot to your Instagram account and tag Impact Report Podcast. Visit earthequityadvisors.com to learn more about the topics discussed in today's episode. Join us for the next episode of the Impact Report on Friday, April 2nd. We'll be speaking with Stacy Smedley, Executive Director of Building Transparency. Interested in learning how you can launch a high-impact, purpose-driven career in sustainability? Check out the resources page from the Bard Graduate Programs in Sustainability for access to free resources to jumpstart your career in sustainability. Hear from leaders in the fields of climate change, consulting, impact finance, fashion, circular economy, and more about how they launched their careers and the tips they have for you to join their industry. Visit gps.bard.edu slash resources today.